briefly uh, kind of uh, explain something and tell you about something that is going to be coming up here uh, before too long. And uh, near the end of July, uh, I am going to be going on a mission trip uh, to Guyana. And uh, I uh, was just going to ask the brethren here, uh, I have not raised uh, full support. I just found out a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the congregation here, I know, is going to uh, help out a little bit with, um, with some of the funds. Uh, but I wanted to give the opportunity, just as Paul did, uh, to be able to give the congregation here the opportunity to give to that individually. And uh, if you'd like to uh, give, give to that effort, um, you know, for me being able to go down and whatnot, uh, please, uh, you know, see me or one of the elders uh, or even the treasurer. And uh, we can uh, work something out. I'm going to have to raise uh, $2,000 total, and I believe I already have 600 of that. And so if you would be willing to help out, uh, by all means. Uh, matter of fact, I, I, I'll tell you this. I'd much rather you just give it to the elders or, or, um, or the treasurer, not me. Um, but uh, if you could do that, that'd be great. I, I'd greatly appreciate it. And... Um, and I know that sometimes people like to do that anonymously, uh, but please let me know if you've done that because I love you and I want to. I want to thank you. And so, if you want to be anonymous, that's fine. But man, I just love to thank you in in person if I could. Uh, so, if you'd like to help out with that work, that'd be that'd be great. Um, on this day, uh, January the twenty fourth. Uh, it's you know it's it's our son's birthday, so we're really thankful for that. But something uh, happened in 1943 uh, that was very important. Uh, there was a general by the name of von Paulus, and he was in a discussion with Hitler on this very day back in 1943, and he asked Hitler. He said, "Just let us surrender." Let us surrender. But Hitler did not want to surrender. See, what General uh, uh, von Paulus was doing is he was guiding the 6th Army in trying to overtake Stalingrad. It was, if they had done that, it would have been monumental for the German efforts. It would have been a, a, a turn in the tide of the war. It would have been... It had been horrible for all those people that were fighting against Germany. It had been terrible. But you know what? They could not take it. No matter what they did, the Soviets, they fought back valiantly and never gave up an inch. They just kept fighting and fighting. And every time that something seemed to go the Germans' ways, Soviets found a way to pull it back and to fight back against those German forces. You know, uh, von Paulus, in trying to take Stalingrad, his troops were decimated. His air bases were overrun. He started off with about 280,000 men. About half of those died. 35,000 were evacuated, and the remaining 91,000 people that were left behind at this time... I believe it was January the 31st, um, 
they were all taken to POW camps. Later on, though, in Von Paul's life, he found, uh, he, he, he knew, as many did, as many, they first started following Hitler, and they were all about following Hitler. They, they were interested in what was going on, but later, as time progressed, they, uh, they started seeing the maniac that he was. And they decided, let's we got to get out. And so von Paulus, after being imprisoned, he he turned over and and was trying to uh, help uh, the Germans get out of this these uh, uh, Nazi training camps and things like that. And just trying to get everybody away from the German army. And so then, of course, later on, uh, after everything, he was uh, he helped uh, the Soviet Union so much. Uh, that he was able to go free later on in his life. And he went free, and I believe he lived out the rest of his days in East Germany. Now, what's the importance of that story? Uh, the importance is this. You know, he did something very bad. He did. I mean, if you look at... Uh, the Nazis and what they did. Oh, man, it was horrible. Well, I know war is horrible anyway. Uh, but their agenda, you know, was, was far worse than, than what, you know, we had seen in, in even in recent years. He did not deserve to go free. But you know what? He was able to obtain mercy. And when I think about that, brethren, I think about all of us, we do not deserve anything, spiritually speaking. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve a home in heaven. We don't deserve those things. But we have obtained mercy. And so look at verse 7 there of Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Look at that, blessed. You know, we often refer to to blessed as as being happy, but, you know, it it has a deeper meaning here, and and, and you can translate it really in a a manner of different ways according to our modern language. I know that uh, in, in some cases I've used the context and said, you know, uh, how great is the happiness of it? You know, because it's not just happy. It's it's an amazing. It's an awe. It's an awesome happiness. It's different. But then you know, there's also the idea here that is given of being God approved. So this really could be translated here as God approved. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34. Come ye blessed of my Father. And ye shall inherit the kingdom which was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Does it merely mean happy? No. No. It means more than that. And in essence, it means that a person that is blessed is God approved. Blessed are the merciful. You know, I, I, I see, I see a point here. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
You know, a, a person needs to be merciful in order to obtain mercy. You know, I, I, one of the things that I loved growing up the most, you know, besides Ghostbusters, I was this Karate Kid, you know. You ever seen Karate Kid? Man, you know, the Karate Kid, that, that other guy that was teaching that, that other dojo, you know, what was his thing? No mercy. No mercy. What is, you know, just, just beat him within an inch of his life. Don't, don't worry about anything else. No mercy. But brethren, we need to be merciful if we hope to obtain mercy. In Matthew 6 and verse 6 it says, Because if, if you don't forget men their trespasses... Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, so the idea is what? You want forgiveness, then what do you need to do? You need to be willing to forgive. If you want forgiveness, be willing to forgive. Ephesians 4 and verse 32. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, Forgiving each other, even as God also in Christ forgave you. Brethren, if we are going to expect to receive mercy, then we need to give it. We need to give it. Next thing here is, next point is this. Well, why is it that I should be merciful? Not, not only is it that if I, if I want mercy, I, I need to give it. That, that's not the only reason here. And see, why is it that I should be merciful? Well, I should be merciful because I am in need of mercy. You know, the people most capable of extending mercy are the ones who know that they need it the most. In Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37, there there are references of people that that weren't merciful. Uh, Verse 30, Luke chapter 10, verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And and by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? 
And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. You know, what about the, what about the priest and the Levite? You think about this example. What about the priest and the Levite? You know, here they are. You know, these are, if you, if you will, spiritual men. Religious men. You know, the priests and Levites, that, that, what do they do? They don't pay much attention. They walk on the other side of the road. They go on. Now, I've got a question. Why did the priest and the Levite, why did they do what they do? And I'm not talking about passing that man. Now, see, the priest and the Levite would have known very well about sacrifices, Right? Why is it that they would sacrifice? The priest would offer a sacrifice for the people and for himself. Levite would be very much welcoming of those sacrifices and would help in preparation of those things. Why? Why do they sacrifice? Because they needed mercy. They needed it. They needed it. But you know what? The Samaritan. Oh man, the Samaritan. You know, the Samaritans, they were hated. Uh, they, were, they were hated because, see, you know, when, when the Syrian captivity came, they took all these Jews away. And there were some Jews that they, they were uh, uh, taken and they, they were let go. And they, let, they were later let go and it was fine. But there were some Jews... Who elected to stay? And they became this basically this half Jew, half Assyrian, which then became Samaritans. And so Samaritans were kind of looked at as, you're traitors. And so when you think about it like that, you know, they, these people were hated. They were traitors. They were traitors to, to uh, the rest of the children of Israel. They were traitors. And what, uh, you know, I, I could think that if we go by this golden rule, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, where do you think the Samaritan would have fallen in that? Being hated, he would have wanted mercy. And because he wanted mercy, you know what? He gave it. You know, you think about how how hated these people were, and Jesus is giving this this uh, illustration here, using a Samaritan where where a Samaritan is in the ride, and you know, back in this time, if you wanted to really insult somebody, you could call him a Samaritan. Matter of fact, Jesus was called this on one occasion in John 8 and verse 48. It says, Then answered the Jews and said to him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Say, oh, you, you, you're, you're not even a full Jew is what they're telling them. Aren't, aren't you a Samaritan? No, that wasn't the case. As was also the, not the case that he had a devil. 
these people were hated and they would want mercy and so the Samaritan he gave mercy you know these religious leaders they were disconnected from reality it seems that they they didn't really realize how much mercy they needed in Matthew 9 Matthew 9, verses 10 through 13. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Oh, you think about this. Uh, publicans and sinners. Tax collectors and sinners. You know, uh, you know forgive me. I know we, we have someone here who's familiar with this. But when you mention the IRS... Is that just, you get this warm, fuzzy feeling in there? Oh, man, just, oh. I love those guys, man. Last time they came and talked to me, I was just, I was just so happy. Never had that. I'm fortunate, but, man, you know, that's just one of those things. You, you think about that, and you know, we don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling. Why is that? Well, tax collectors. Now, we think the IRS might be bad. Oh, they don't even compare. They don't even compare to what was happening at this time. I see the IRS, they have to have laws passed in order to do certain things. But, man, these tax collectors, they they didn't do that. No, they'd set up these booths by the road and say, whoa, 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 you want to come through here? You got to pay me a little money. And then that that was what was necessary. But then they could go further than that. And say, well, you know what? Um, this is an ugly donkey tax. Okay, uh, your donkey is hideous, and I believe you need to pay me a little extra money. They could make up whatever they wanted to. They could do these things. And you have have all sorts of occasions where people had done just those things or taxed higher than what they needed to. Well, that's how they made their money. You know, that, that's exactly how they made their money. They had the tax that they had to do. And they would tax above that so that they would have means for themselves. And you think about Zacchaeus and you realize that they must have taxed pretty well. You know, because he was able to go and give back you know, more than what he had taken. Well, they must have done pretty well at that time. And so you've got these two types of people that the Jews are saying, Hey, <laughs> these, are, these are horrible people. These are horrible people, and they. But you think about the Pharisees; they didn't realize their need for mercy. They didn't realize it. You think about these people that were in the wrong. They could have turned their lives around. You know that that's uh, boggles my mind. This country is so messed up. I'll just say that right now: this country is messed up. You know, you, you think about people, and I, I, I think about, you know, 
I, I'm not I'm not a fan, but you know, there's there's a I was a Paula Dean, and she makes some sort of racist comment like 25 years ago, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody hates her for it. Uh, I got a question: Can a person repent? I mean, I don't know that she did. I'm not saying she did or did not. I'm just saying, can a person repent of something that they've done in their past? You know, can can a person change their life even? You know, can can those things happen? You know, people that will, you know, just crucify someone on the media for something like that, that happened so far back in the past, man, they better hope they're never under the microscope. We need to think that way, brethren, that, you know, people can turn their lives around. tell you a story and it's it's sad but true knew of a, of a, a preacher who worked with a, a congregation they they invited some people to this congregation they were visiting uh, the, the congregation one Sunday and and um, people found out that they were coming and some people in that congregation it was a small town so Kind of knew everybody, and so this person comes in, and they're thinking, "Well, you know, this person's a horrible person." And you know, they treated that person like a horrible person, and they went up to the preacher and they said, "Oh man, you know, I can't believe this person's here." And I don't remember what the preacher said, but he said something along the lines of, "Well, it sounds like um, they need this more than you do." And by the way, you still need it. Brethren, people can change. People can change. You know, if if people can't change, I don't even know why I'm here. If people can't change, I might as well just take my family and just worship at home away from everybody else. People can change. People are in need of mercy. And sometimes all they need to do is just be shown that they need mercy. Think about Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. This is Jesus, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose uh, shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You look at this man, he could only see himself, he could only see his accomplishments, 
He could only see those things. But who was the provider of those things? Who was the provider of that? It's God. Well, well, someone will say, well, you know, obviously this guy wasn't righteous. And so God does not provide. No, 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 no. God provides. Now, see, we, we think of a passage also in Matthew. And it says, God sends rain on both what? The just and on the unjust. Now, a lot of times people will take that negatively. And they'll say, oh, man, the rain is a bad thing. Don't you hate it when you're caught out in the rain and you get wet and you're miserable? And oh, that's, and they take that negatively. But that's not the intention of the verse. The intention of the verse is positive. You know, see, if you're a farmer, you know, you want rain? Do you want rain as a father, farmer? Yeah, you want that. It's good. And so God says what? God sends rain on both the just and on the unjust. He has given them these things. God should be the one that he's glorifying, not himself. But you know what? He takes all this wealth that he has and he... He tears down his barns. He builds greater barns. He sto- he's going to store all these things in it, right? And the Lord says, look, thou fool. Your soul is going to be required of you tonight. You are going to die tonight. You know, all those things that you have, they're going to go to somebody else. You know what? You should have done something else with your time. This man did not see himself in need of mercy. What about Titus 3? Titus chapter 3. I guess the question really comes in. Are we really in need of God's mercy? Are we? Do we feel this need every day of our lives? Do we need this mercy? Titus 3 and verse 3, it says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Brethren, we are in need of mercy. And the Lord is willing to give it to us. But a couple things, in order to have God's mercy, I must be merciful. And in order to be merciful, I have to see the need for God's mercy. 
It's kind of like that thing, you know, uh, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that you need God's mercy? Uh, I mean, we've talked about that all the time and how, you know, we need to believe and a part of our salvation is, is really believing and, and, you know, give that illustration, you know, of a person in a building, it's on fire and someone comes in and says, hey, the, uh, this building's on fire, you need to get out and, okay, yeah. If they really believe, what are they going to do? They're going to jump up and they're going to get out of there. And if they don't believe, then what are they going to do? They're going to find out for certain of what they should have done. Maybe just today, that you're sitting through this lesson and you're thinking, you know... I have been baptized in Christ, but I have not been living for the Lord. And I am in need of mercy. And you can obtain mercy. And we can, we can pray for you and, and you can have your sins forgiven. Maybe it is that you, know, you have uh, not yet become a Christian. You'd like to do that today. And we'd love to help you out with that. And so if there's anybody here today that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand as we sing.